want me to speak. None of me, all of you. God, you have a word for your people. So I prayed today. And I, Lord, I, I pray you would consecrate me for this moment. In fact, sanctify the ears of the hearers so that they might be greatly encouraged in their walk with you. And that, Father God, that in the end, you would get all the glory. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Uh, just remain standing. and We're just going to read uh, James chapter 2, if you have your Bibles. We'll begin reading in verse number 14 through 26. James chapter number 2, verses 14 through 26. Uh, when you get there, you can say amen, blessing, glory, honor, something like that to let me know. I got one amen. Amen. I got some more, so I'm ready to go. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or a sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warm and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham, my father, justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. May you be seated at this time as we ponder what James just said. How many know that there are seasons that we go through as the people of God? And every season that we go through presents itself an opportunity. There are opportunities that we have to rise up to the challenges that life brings before us. So how do we know that life is full of challenges? Life is like a roller coaster. You just, you know, it's crazy how things happen at times. But we hear a lot about this whole thing of faith. There's a lot of talk about faith. And sometimes you hear us say that we're the people of faith. And you know, we all know that we're supposed to believe God. I think if, you know, nobody in here would, 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 would doubt that or question it. But, but do we really know what kind of faith motivates God to move? You know, there's a, a scripture in the Bible that says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, I want you to meditate on that for one second. Without faith. He said, it's impossible. We can't do it. There's no way that we can please God without faith. So then knowing that this is a foundation of who we are, what we do, how many know we need to understand what faith is so that it can work in our life? Because how many know God wants to do some marvelous things in all of our lives? But we want, I mean, how I many of you want God to move on your behalf? Amen. 
you want to know that when I pray, and when I, when, I, when, I, when I pray and I believe God that what I'm praying for is going to happen, is going to come to pass. Every one of us want that in life. We have an opportunity, as we have, many of you know, we have, we have moved, relocated. And, uh, and my first thought was because, you know, I think one of the things you know that when you walk with God, if you walk close enough with God, God will give you warning. You know, when a thunderstorm happens, you know, if you've been paying attention, there are some warnings a lot of times. There's something that's starting to happen in the atmosphere, and you kind of know when it's going to happen. And so, so God had already kind of prepared us for what was coming down the pike. But my first thought was, hmm, because you had a couple of ways to look at things, right? You can say, oh, well, you know, this is not good. It's, it's bad. You know, you just quit and throw in the towel or, you know. We, we just didn't rise up. But, but, you know, as I think about and I look at the patriots, and I, I study my Bible, and I look at these folks that endure some stuff, I look at what we endure, and, and it's nothing. These people were running. For, I mean, people of faith in the Bible, they, they were, their life was threatened all the time. And we get a little shaken up because we got to move a couple of chairs in a different location, come up, where it's nice and warm. We ain't, yeah, we ain't like having service out in, in Alaska in, in the snow and outdoors where it's cold and people shooting at us. And I mean, I'm looking at you and you look good. Amen. But some of you come in, you think, oh, God, what's, what's wrong? God, what's wrong? Well, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Life is going to come at you full steam ahead. I, see, God really got dust stuff. God does stuff, and this is what God spoke to me. This thing is bigger than me, thank God. It's bigger even than you. God spoke to me, and I said, God, because what we must learn as people of faith is what is it that God is trying to teach us in all things? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that we can be steadfast, unmovable, Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always abounding in the works of the Lord because we know that our labor is not in vain. So then, I understand that everything that happened in my life is not an accident. I know we like to say that sometimes because it's a cliche, right? Oh, it just kind of, no. It didn't just kind of happen because the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So that if I know that my steps are ordered by the Lord, then if something happens in my life and it doesn't quite make sense to me, then obviously there is a message. There are no wasted moments in God. And God said to me, he says, he says and I'll tell you what he spoke to me, because you know, I've, I've been doing a lot of praying. Even with a bad tooth and a swollen face. Some of y'all couldn't even look at me Thursday. I, mean, I saw how y'all were looking at me. Some of you were looking like, stay away from me. You know. Some of y'all know about that. But I'm doing a lot of praying. And, and, and God says, God says, this church is going to make a difference. But I got to take it through some things so that they can learn some things. I said, what do, you, what do you mean, God? He said, because, but see, there's always one or two in the group. Let me put it this way. You remember Joshua and Caleb, Numbers chapter 13. All right. How many spies did they send into the, to spy out the promised land? For those who know anybody, how many spies did they send out there? Ten. Twelve. All right. Ten came back. Ten came back. And the ten said, the land looks good. I mean, the fruit, I mean, they got some, some big old juicy grapes. Grapes, I never, I mean, this is luscious. It is a blessing. But ain't no way we can get those giants out of there. They're just too big for us. And, but you know, but there were, there were two people that had a different spirit, the Bible says. This is in Numbers chapter 13. You can go read it in your spare time. Write it down. And so Joshua and Caleb basically said, no, wait a minute. If God is pleased to give us that, we're going to go get it. 
It's ours because God said it's ours. But you, did you know what, though? God still didn't take them all in there. You know what God did? God said, here's what I'm going to do. He says, the, the two I'm going to take in the promised land, because they believe. But the people as a whole, he says, I'm going to let them die off for 40 years, and I'm going to raise up me another people. Now, I want you to think about that. God didn't take them into the promise. And why? Why didn't God take? I mean, God could have, you know, God, come on, God. I mean, you know, they, they just didn't know. God cannot work through a people who won't believe him. And so the people didn't go in. God had to raise up another people. Their children, their grandkids, they went in because they believed. God says, okay, that as a people, God needs to put us into a position so that we can be prepared to inherit what it is that he wants to do in the life of this church. How many know that God works in individual bodies? He works in the church. God knows what we need. And how many know when there's cancer in the body until you get the cancer out, it ain't going to. You know what I'm saying? I have an infection. And until I get the infection out, I, I will be all discombobulated. Amen. You know, things are just going to be all jacked up because I got an infection. I got to get the infection out because everything is affected. Because God looks at us as a people. That's right. Everything God does he does for his people. So this, which brings us back to the next point. And we're going to read the word in a second, so don't, don't know. Some of y'all say, oh, Pastor, you're going to read the word. I'm going to read the word. I'm just setting it up. <laughs> so which back? so we know that God, the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. Okay. I, that's what the Bible says. But what is that? What is faith? Oh, Pastor, I tell you what faith is. Just praying and saying, Lord, I, I know we're going to have an emotional prayer meeting. We're going to fall out, get slain in the spirit, start spitting up, peeking, jumping up and down, doing clock wheels, getting emotional high. That's faith. Do you think that's what faith is? How do you measure real faith? How do you really know that you're walking in faith? Is it just because I, is faith just saying, I'm just going to sit, I'm just going to believe God. I want a great marriage, but I'm just going to sit and believe God to give me a great marriage. I want to build a great company, but I'm just going to wait and see if God can just make it all happen. I mean, no, that ain't real faith. Because, you know, in church, in church life, you know, we got things that we say in Christianese, and it sounds real good. But, you know, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man's souls, that shall he reap. God knows who it is that believe him. And he rewards faith. Doesn't matter where it comes from. He rewards people that will believe him. There were people in the Bible that weren't even perfect. They had all kinds of issues. And God still blessed them because they believed. But is that just a word? How do I really know, Pastor? How do I know if I'm walking in faith? How do I know it? How, how, how do how do I know it? Well, you got to ask yourself a couple questions. And it's going to start with this. And I, 
I, I, I like James because James is, James is very practical. You ever met people like that that are just frank and upfront? They just tell you how it is. They don't know how to put any salt and pepper on it, and they don't know how to, you know, make it taste good to you. They just give it to you raw. You ever met, met people like that? They just, you know. You have to pray for them sometimes because they can be too raw. They even make you throw up because they just, they don't know how to, they don't know how to feed you anything. They got good wisdom. They're blessed, but they don't know how to feed it to you where you can receive it, you know. But if you can get through all of that, though, it's something in there that will help you. It is something in there that will bless you. Now, James said this. James says, what does it profit, my brother, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? How many know that there are a lot of talkers out there? <coughs> I love the Lord. Well, Jesus said, if you love me, you do what I say. Uh-oh. Okay, let's flip that. So, if I don't do what he say, then can I really say I love him? James says, what will it profit a man? I'm going somewhere with this. Stay with me. Well, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole, I mean, what, what would it profit my brother if someone says, I was thinking about another verse, he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? If my brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warm, be filled, but you don't, but you don't give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? I want y'all to get the picture. Faith is validated in what you do. When we say we believe God, I mean, no, there's something that's supposed to happen that shows I believe God. If I believe God wants me to be a doctor, okay? God's called me to be a doctor. God's called me to be a nurse. God called me to be a policeman. God called me to be a CEO of a company. Then you probably need to prepare yourself because you can sit there and say that all you want to, but if you don't do stuff to back it up, it's nothing. Faith without works is nothing. Real faith goes beyond talking. And God sees us when we say things, but yet we don't follow through with the works. Let's bring up, well, I want a big church. How many want a big church? I mean, bigger than where we are now. How many of you want, how many of you want to see a full-time staff where we can hire, like, qualified musicians and administrative persons and have a Christian school, which is what we're going in, and we want to be able to train and have a discipleship center. And, and how many know that that, that, that that takes a mega church like that takes mega faith? But that mega faith ain't just talking about faith. What are you doing? Some people think that showing up, they do God a favor. It's not about that. If, if, if we say, well, God, I want to do this. God, I want, you know what, God? And some of you, some of you get, look, don't get stuck on a building. Because God can build a church in a dump. He can build a church in a swamp if he wanted to. I mean, really. I mean, don't walk in here all gloomy like, oh, I missed the other place. What? That was never meant to be permanent. Why are you tripping? God, God is going deeper than that. There's something else that he's trying to get at. That if we're going to be the people that God wants us to be in your personal life as a church, then we got to ask ourselves and be honest. Okay, say, God, I want to be, this is what I want to see, but what have I been doing to make that happen? What have I done? What have I not done? I mean, God, I mean, have I sown into that work? Have I served into that work? 
Because if you got big faith, it means big sacrifice. Amen. That's right. You hear that? That's good. Big faith means big sacrifice. You want big, you've got to give up some stuff. How many know God's watching? Amen. God stands right over your stuff and says, What are you doing? Oh, God, I believe you. He said, You do? Abraham. Oh, Abraham. The Bible says Abraham believed God. I love that verse. Abraham believed God. And it was counted to him for righteousness. But, you know, it goes a step further than that. It's that Abraham did a little bit more than he just said he believed God. Abraham took his son that he'd been praying for for 25 years prior. Believing God for, and God says, son, Abraham, you say you believe me? Do you believe me, son? God, you know, I believe it. Take now the, your only son, the one that you love so much. The one that you've been praying for, the one you've been believing me for. I want you to take that one right there. And, and I want you to take them and, and I want you to offer them as a sacrifice to me. Whew. There's a reason why Abraham is called the father of our faith. Because how many of you might be trying to cover up your kid at that point and say, God, this is why I get off? I mean, can we be real? Some might be like, this, this train, at this point, I stop. Just like you know, when Jesus said at one point, he said, uh, he said, eat my flesh and drink my blood. He told the disciples that. Y'all know about that verse? He said, he said, hey, Jesus did it on purpose. He said, eat my flesh and drink my blood. A lot of them said, okay, he crazy. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. He's lost it. He's in the cannibalism. But, but Abraham, Abraham saddled up. Abraham took his son on up there like a fool. Did you hear what I said? Like a fool. How do you know that sometimes when you really believe God, you will look like a fool to most folks? Most folks look at you and say, you're stupid. Why are you doing that? Why are you giving to the church? Why are you wasting your time? You, you look like a fool. The people don't do this and they don't do that for you. You look like a fool. You know, I told a little long time ago before I came to ministry, I said, well, I'm willing to look like a fool for you. You better settle that early. Because if you're all about appearance and what people think about it, you know, forget it. <laughs> forget it. Because God will put you in some places where people will talk about you when you get serious. Abraham walks up and Abraham gets ready. And he's ready to take his boy out. And the angel had to come and stop. Abraham wasn't like saying, you know, as far as what we read in, in Genesis, there was no reference. And Abraham was like, I don't think so. And the Bible said Abraham drew back and got ready to kill him. And the angel came to ho, ho, wait a minute. And God said, boy, now I know. Now I know. What foundation Christian fellowship? We, God, we're believing, God. We've been praying. God said, really? I heard your prayers. But what have you done to verify that this is what you want? You want our own building, our own place? A place we can call home? I mean, no, it calls for big faith. calls for big sacrifice. You got to give up something. Uh, quite honestly, that's where a lot of people miss it. And that's where a lot of people step back and say, and it's fine because you're free. But you miss an opportunity to do something great. How many of you just want to be an ordinary Christian? By show of hand, how many of you just want to be ordinary? I mean, it's okay. I'm not going to say nothing. Look, be a fool for Christ. Okay. So then I assume that you have in your mind what ordinary is. Right? Ordinary probably has something to do with, I go to church on Sundays. I have a great week. I do a couple of neat things. I give an offering to go and I live my life and I don't, I don't do anything that really challenges me. I'm cool. I stay. I, I play it safe. Um, let me say this to you, so that that way you'll you'll understand. Um, we ain't playing it safe. God didn't tell me to play it safe. God says we got to keep stretching, even to the point if it hurts. 
Because big faith calls for big sacrifice. I want to live like the. I want to be one of those that they wrote about in Hebrews chapter 11. You read Hebrews chapter 11? Wouldn't you like to have your name recorded there by faith? Diver overcame trouble, difficulty, sickness, and disease, and she conquered, and she rose to the top. By faith, Curtis was in a wheelchair, but he believed God, and he got up and he walked. By faith, Larry's right arm couldn't move, but he believed God, and he kept working, and one day he stood up, and he raised both hands up and gave God the glory. By faith. Put your name there. I don't want to be, I don't, listen, I don't want to just go through this thing. I mean, when I jumped in, see, see some folk, they jump in like this. God, let me switch this side. How about let's just say all or nothing? I mean, God is looking for people that was just give everything. Because I want to be one of those that God says, when he get ready to use me, I want to be used. I don't want to be having excuses. I want to say, God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to give? You know, God bless you so that you can be a blessing. Of being a blessing is that you get an opportunity. How many know? How many of you know rich people who are miserable? They got stuff, but they don't know what to do with it because they just learn how to hoard it. But you get blessed when you give stuff away. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than receive. But the world tells us it's better to receive than to give, and that's why the world is messed up. You have beautiful homes. I mean, you open up your home. You, you got to, you got, I mean, God has blessed you. And you know, the beauty of it is that you get to say, come look what God did. Amen. And you come enjoy Amen. some of what God did. That's good. That's right. I mean, you know, God is blessed. God is glorified. That's good. Because we have a mindset that is different. Now, so Abraham's faith produced action. Did you know God blessed prostitutes? Uh-oh. Somebody, theology, that's got messed up. Pastor, now you're crazy. Uh, the scripture says, likewise, verse 25, was not Rahab the what? Anybody want to know what a harlot is? I mean, Shouldn't be in the Bible. The Bible is holy. You shouldn't be putting prostitutes in this book. Hey, come on, this is the Bible. Come on, God. I mean, he could have used anybody else. Why did Rahab? There were other people that did. Why did you have to throw her up in here? <laughs> Likewise, well, not Rahab the harlot, also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. So here's this woman who's a prostitute. You might say that you don't even have to be perfect. But boy, if God can look around, he can find somebody that's willing to go out on the edge for him. Somebody that said, you know what, I don't want to just do the regular. I don't want to just do the ordinary. But I'm willing to go the extra mile because I want to be great for God. How I many want to be great for God? I mean, you want to be great for God. Rahab, what did she do? Well, what did Rahab, well, the Bible is all Rahab did. Rahab didn't just say she believed the spies. See, when the spies came, Rahab said, look, she saw the anointing on those jokers. She saw the she said, well, y'all anointed. I tell you what, uh, I'm going to make sure, I'm going to risk my life. You know, Rahab risked her life to hide the spies. Because if they found out that she hid the spies, the enemies, they would have killed her. Big faith calls for big what? She sacrificed her life. And here we are reading about a harlot. But faith. So, okay. God works in our lives according to the proportion of our faith. Now stay with me. Don't get sleepy yet. Is it warm in here? Are y'all comfortable? Good. All right. 
Just give me a few more minutes. All right, because I just went, I, I don't even use my, I don't even know where I am. I'm just going by the spirit. I prepared though, I studied. I really did. It's in my spirit, I'm telling you. All right, so God, here's how God works. This is fundamental Christianity. For those of you who are young in your faith, you definitely want to listen up. God usually works according to the level of our faith. <clears throat> a lot of times he would say to folks that wanted something from him with Jesus, he would say, be it unto you according to how you believe. All right? You remember, for example, uh, we, I love this story, and we talk about a lot. You remember the lady that uh, had the issue of blood for 12, for all those years, and she was hemorrhaging blood? She heard Jesus came by, and uh, she didn't sit back and say, Lord, you know, I'm just going to believe you for a healing. Uh, what did she do? She got up, pressed through the crowd, knocked some people over. How do you know you're desperate? You knock over some people. <laughs> okay, you know, blind Barnabas, they start telling him, be quiet. The Bible said the more they told the boy, be quiet, he got louder. Jesus! Some of us just need to call on his name. Amen. Jesus! Amen. That's right. Woo. That, woman got, that woman got her healed. She said, if I can touch him, I, get to, I know. Boom, I got him. And Jesus, okay, okay. Who touched me? Well, Lord, everybody's touching. No, 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 there was somebody that touched me with something different. Somebody touched me with some faith. Somebody who, somebody that really believed me. And they went out of their way. In Mark chapter 2, I can't, I can't even go there, I can't read. But look at Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. You can read in your spare time. They can put it on the screen for you. I don't know. But Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Here's, here's a guy that's sick. He, he's, on the, he's on the bed. Can't walk. Bible said he couldn't get near Jesus. He couldn't get near him. Instead of saying, well, you know what? Mm. Well, I can't get near Jesus. I need, I know if I get near him, he can touch me, he can heal me. But I guess it's just in God's will. But we use it a lot, don't we, to justify a lack of faith. It ain't God's will. When the real, the real problem is we don't have faith to believe it. It ain't God's will. Now, you know what the brother did? They cut a hole through the roof. And they said, okay, we're going to get this. How many know faith is determined? Ah, get God on it. Real faith is determined to, to make it happen. They said, you know what? We can't get through. They got, look, they got unconventional. Say, look, we're going to cut a hole in the roof. They cut a hole in the roof, and they lowered lower the board down, right? Jesus sitting there midst with all these people. And look, what? whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Jesus not only forgave his sin, but he forgave the boy of his sin and he said, now get up and walk. Because he saw faith. He saw faith. He saw faith. He saw faith. Faith have a certain smell to it. It looks a certain way. It's not just a person talk. You know, the Bible says even a demon believe and they tremble. Faith in God has a certain aura to it. And, and, and whenever it comes up to God, he smells it and he gets his attention. Well, Lord, I'm believing you, Lord. I'm, I'm believing you. Because, Lord, you know, I, Lord, you know, here's what we need to be praying. God, I, God, I'm asking you for this because, God, according to your word, I've done what you said. I've been faithful. I've been tithing. I've been giving. I've been serving. And therefore, God, on a, according to your word, God, I want you to move. I mean, no. God hears that. Why? Because we have been applying his word. Real faith obeys his word. Now, watch this. We got to run. We got, we got a couple scriptures and we're done. Can I, can I have 10 more minutes and we're done? Just 10. 10 minutes. Okay. Don't, don't look at the clock, please. All right, look at, look, at, uh, look at Exodus chapter number 13. Oh, gosh. Come on, run there real quick. Exodus chapter number 13. 
And, you know, and God showed me this, and I almost jumped out of my skin. You know, the word is like, it's rhema. It'll jump out at you sometime and grab you by the throat and almost choke you. <laughs> I, love, I love when that happened, though. <laughs> I like to be choked when God gives that kind of rhema to me. But, you know, the children of Israel, here they are. They're, about to come, they're coming out of Egypt, right? They're coming out of oppression. They're coming out of trouble. But God says something very interesting, and I never really saw it. But I want you to hear what he says here. Look at Exodus chapter 13, verses 17 through 18. He says, now, then it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. Now, stop right there. Don't read no further. Please don't read. All right. Though it was near, so it was, the, the more direct route to the land of promise was by way of the Philistines. That was the most direct route. Logically, God, let's go that way. The quicker we get there, the better we are. But something strange happened. Now read with me. But God did not lead them by the way to the land of the Philistines, although that was near, for God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So God led them, led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. So what did God do? God said, I will, you know, now I will study. I try to figure out, I spent a lot of time in, in, in different uh, theologians, all of them say different things, and I was trying to read it. But basically, the, the general idea is that from the land of, of Canaan, from Egypt to Canaan, in, in this particular passage, it was about 250 miles or so. So, you know, if you look at modern, at, at that time, and you equate it to the way they travel, it would have took about maybe a month. Some, some say about a year, less, whatever. But God said, God said, I wanted to take them to the most direct route. But you know what would have happened? They would see, the, they would see the, 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 the war and they would have to fight and they weren't ready for that. God says, y'all are not ready. I said, God takes you to the level of your faith. Their faith was, we, we can't fight, we can't win. And God said, and interestingly, he said, he said, not only would they be afraid, he said, they would run back to Egypt. They would go back to the very thing they said, God delivered me from. We're going to go as far as our faith take us as a people. Do you hear that? Okay, hear this. We want to go places with our church as a people because we understand that as Christians who have a Christian worldview, that the only thing that's going to matter in life is what we do for Christ. At the end of the day, nothing else is going to matter unless it's somehow tied into Christ. I'm in the third quarter of my life. I would like to say I'm in the early third quarter. I passed halftime. I don't have no other time to be playing in church. Amen. I want to be able, when I get to heaven, I want to say, Lord, I, I, gave it, I, gave my, I gave it all. Because you know what? That will follow me. So we understand that because you're going to have to talk to him. Some of us will talk to him sooner than we think. Amen. Don't, waste, don't waste your time. He says, I wanted to take them into the, I wanted to take them a direct route, but I couldn't because they would get afraid. And so God said, but he was merciful. You know what he said? He said, I took them a roundabout way. Because, you know, because that's where their level of faith was. You know, it really should have been pretty easy for us to stay in that building and any other building we wanted to. It's our level of faith. And what God does is he works through a people. And our church is going to go places, not because of one or two or three or four, 
or five or six, it's going to be because of a people that are determined to work together to accomplish a goal. I don't want God to say, you could have had this, you could have had that, but you didn't believe me. You know, that's a bad thing. Could you imagine Jesus looking at you, meeting him, and he says, he shows you a picture of what you could have been and what he had intended, but he, he says, well, because you didn't have faith, you didn't believe me. You couldn't get there. You know, when you really believe God, it hurts. <laughs> Do you like this? So yeah, right. When you really believe God, it hurts because God will put you to the test. He put the children of Israel. I won't have time to read that, but you read Deuteronomy chapter 8, write it down. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. He said, I humbled you. I let you be hungry. I took you through the wilderness where there were snakes and all kind of stuff so I could teach you to see whether or not you would believe me. Yes. So I took you through some trials. I took you through some rough things. Some of you, you know, that's why, don't, 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 don't listen. I was talking to a pastor friend of mine last night. We talked for a long time. And he said, don't despise small beginnings and don't despise the trials that God puts you through because they're all designed to push you into your destiny. Amen. How do you know God is just pushing us? That's all he's doing. He's pushing us. But you know what? We're going to take what we got. We're going to say, okay, what did I learn from that? Okay, God, what can I do different? Because there's another level. And, and, and God loves to work with people who will say, you know what? There's some obstacles there, but you know what? I'm ready to go. That's work. Now, if you want to be a, a regular Christian, there are some great churches that, that are cool. You can go there, chill out, and nobody know who you are. Or if you want to be on the edge where you really got to believe God every week, you really got to trust God. You got to sacrifice. You got to believe. If you want to be, if you want to like, how do you like roller coasters? God bless you, I don't. Uh, but God, if God puts you on roller coaster, he'll make you throw up quite a bit. Amen. He'll make you throw up. So, in closing. In Acts chapter 2, you read it in your spare time. You remember Acts chapter 2? You remember the early church grew and they were blessed because all those people did what they did. Y'all know what they did in Acts chapter 2? Okay, put that verse up for me, please. Oh, and they continue steadfastly in apostle doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. Keep going. And then the fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And now all who believed were together and they had all things on what? Amen. They believed, but they were the what? Together. God ain't trying to build individuals. That's right. God built individuals to build his kingdom. To further his agenda. Now all who believed worked together, had all things common, and sold their possessions. In other words, they would get, they, listen, their money didn't mean nothing to them. What do you need? What do we need? We need how much? Good. We, we're going to do it. Amen. We're going to believe God. Good. Let's do it. Sold their possessions, goods, divided them, it's not like it was at the other place. I'm not lamenting. I'm just saying. Uh, divided them among all as anyone who had what? So they made sure that everybody, so, so if somebody locked on one end, it was covered. Amen. We ain't going to let you suffer. We ain't going to let you go down. Because we in this together. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity. They loved each other. Amen. They were happy. Don't come in my house with a long face. Stay home. Amen. I mean, come on. Don't come all mad. Don't come to church mad. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Keep going. And praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Yes. They worked together. That sums it up perfectly. That's what God is doing here. You want to know what God's been doing in FCF? That's all he's doing. 
He's pushing us. He's opening our eyes. Sometimes you only learn things. And some of you parents, you know this with our kids. And it hurts. Sometimes you got to let your kids, and I'm going through this right now in one of mine. Two, actually. But sometimes you got to let them go through some things on their own. you got to step back and say, okay, I'm telling you, this is the way to do it. Okay. And it's when they go through what they got to go through, they come out of that thing, they'll get it. Sometimes we get in the way. I don't even know if I should say this or not, but you know what? I was at a house the other day. I'm just going to use this as an example. <clears throat> we was having a meeting. And somebody said in the meeting, somebody said, oh, why don't we just, just pay it? You know, what we owe. Why don't we just pay it? And a part of me wanted to say, yeah, then another, but then God says, hold back. Because I wanted to see what would the people say. Because it wasn't about one, two people. See, everybody got to be a part of this. Amen. One person, listen, the way we're going to be blessed is not one or two doing it. It's everybody saying, okay, I'm going to do my part to make this work. That's where the blessing comes. And so God only, God puts us in situations so that we'll learn what it really means to trust him and learn what real faith is. So here, here it is right here. By faith, you remember in, in Hebrews chapter 11? I'm done. Hebrews chapter 11, you remember that how everything started with by faith, by faith, by faith. All right. So I'm going to do my own little rendition of that, you know, for FCF. Okay. And, and, and I did all of this when my tooth was aching in pain. I'm starting to hurt now. So y'all pray for me. By faith, we will work to bring people in. We will not be comfortable coming to church without bringing someone with us. We're going to keep trying every week. By faith, we're going to build a church through relationships, events, outreach. By faith, we will work to add minimally, minimally. I say minimum because we're believing God for more. Twelve families or more. That's because we have about 12 families. So, we'll, so we're asking everybody for this year. you got a whole year to figure out how to bring one family to the kingdom. Amen. A whole year. A whole year. By faith, we will believe God to grow numerically, financially, enough to seek out our own place, to hire our own staff, and to build a huge organization whereby we can reach thousands. Amen. Amen. Now, if you look at me strange like how that happened, listen, every place, every ministry, I, was, I wrote Joe the other day, and I'm not saying I support his ministry, I'm just letting you know, that I, drove, I was in Houston, I drove by a church, and it's a 40,000 member church. Started in somebody's living room with a few people and had a vision and said, I'll believe God. I talked to pastors all the time, even in this area. I talked to them and, and they tell me, and I, I said, they tell me all the different things that they go through. Let me tell you something, we haven't went through nothing, nothing really. But you know what they tell me? That every time, and, and the common denominator is that when they, God did something through them, it, it, it always happened. Uh, they, they came together as a people and they rose up. They said, we're going to do this for us because this is our church. That's good. That's right. And it offends me if something negative happened to our church. If it don't offend you, then you don't own it yet. Amen. You don't own it yet. Because it should offend you. Amen. Because we're the people of God. Right. We're the people because we own the earth. Amen. That's right. The Bible says the meek shall inherit the earth. It should offend us if something negative happened to our church. By faith, we will believe God for financial increase. You know, if you're looking at this, okay, we can move. Can I just say something? We didn't, we didn't move over here just because, okay, it's just cheaper so that we can just, you know, we can just, just keep this little uh, thing going on here and, and to make it easier. Let me tell you something. We would never get any place with that thinking. We, ain't, we didn't move over here so, so we can give less and just give a little, a little, a little, so that we can just keep the little, little, little. No, we move so that we can prepare to expand. So that we can get bigger. Because the kingdom of God, when you're growing, you're winning souls. People are getting in. People are coming. That's why we're here. We're not, so don't be, if you're thinking, well, I'm going to give less, then you shame on you. You don't understand what we're doing and what God is doing. Small minds. 
There you go. Small results. Somebody preaching over there for I don't know who said it, but so we got to think big. So we give more. We meet our obligations. We pay off all of our debt. Because somebody said, this guy was saying the other day down the street, well, you know, I give you 12 months. I said, you know what? Our church is bigger than that. We're going to knock off our debt way before 12 months. Amen. We, we're going to sit back for 12 months and, and play with four grand. Are you kidding me? Like, no, no, we're going to knock that out in no time. Because he's, he's, you know, he's tripping. But you know what? God got that. He's going he's gonna to be in front of his problem. I'm going to walk in this and here you are done. God bless you. Amen. We're on the way. And we got, some, we got work to do. We got work to do. By faith, we won't look back. We will move forward. By faith, we give more, not less. We serve more. We love more. We win more souls for Jesus. We do more. By faith, we won't stop until God is glorified. Come on, stand to your feet with me. Come on, give God praise. Give God praise. Hallelujah. Come on, give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, if, you're gonna, if, you, if you believe that, now, if you don't believe that or you don't think that's something that you want to be a part of, keep your hand down. That's cool. But for those of you who believe, I want you to raise your hand and believe God with me. And let's say, Lord Jesus. Come on. Lord Jesus. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the blessing. We thank you. For your, for your provision. We're not satisfied, We're not satisfied. With, the status quo. with the status quo. We're going further. We're going, further. We're going, bigger. We're going bigger. We can't wait, we can't wait. For, what you have for what you have in store for us. Store for us. Bless us, Lord, Bless us. So, that so that we can be a blessing to one another. To one another. Bless, our Bless our church so we can win thousands and hundreds of thousands of souls to you give us a willing spirit forgive us for where we were where we lack faith but today it changes we believe we will confess we will not talk faith but we will walk faith we will glorify you because Jesus is glorified we thank you we magnify you in Jesus' name, Jesus. Amen. Come on, give God praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 April, come on up here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, April. I'm gonna listen. I want to get you to close up. But if you want to share something, Lord, I just felt like you just want to share something, Lord, put on your heart. And you close us. Okay. All right? Okay. Come on, God, give us some encouragement. Okay. I didn't prepare this, but I'm just going to just follow what the Spirit is saying. Uh, Amen. Come on, April. Bring it, girl. job to do that. So for him to call me up here, y'all saw me look like, okay. So anyway, we will, um, you know, I'm going to pray us out and, you know, I'll just share with you what's on my heart. You know, when, when Pastor first, when we were sitting over at the school um, and he was talking about the lease, I think it was a Wednesday night, I had a, a thought that came to me about us going into a school. And um, I remember sharing that with Pastor like the next day or some a week or so later that I actually had that thought. And, you know, it was, a, it was a thought, and I was like, okay, you know, we can do a lot at the school. There's, a, you know, kids are here. We can reach a lot of people and, you know, just do a lot of things. And, you know, we can open and, you know, we can have some, we can have, you know, we can just be, be able to reach a community that's already here, a successful, you know, uh, you know, a sign out in the front, a uh, speaker flyer, somebody's lunchbox, I don't know. You know, just let them know that the school is here. And so, 
And then, you know, I, I was, you know, I was okay with going to the school. And, you know, I've been in a school before, and it, and it is a lot of work. You know, you got to set up and put back. And, you know, I've come from a lot of different churches, and, and, and I'm not going to say I'm, in a sense, I, if, you know, some of us have matured past that work we've gone through, and we no longer do that anymore. We, we've gone to the big house. I come, I come from the big house where we, you know, everything's there, everything's accessible. But, you know, God brought me here to be with Pastor uh, Gary and, and Sister Peggy for a season, and I don't know, you know, why or what's going on in my life that God is connecting us to him. And, you know, for even last week, I felt like, well, Lord, maybe you don't want to take us to the school. Maybe, maybe that's the wrong thing to do. I don't know. Maybe, Lord, maybe we just need to pay the man. I wasn't at the meeting, but I was like, well, maybe we just need to pay the man. We don't want to look bad as a church, as a body of Christ. But, you know, I, my real heart, and, and I really agree with Pastor sitting here listening to him, my real heart, and I, I shared this at Wednesday night when we had the financial seminar. I am 100% behind Pastor. We can't do anything if we don't come together. And our biggest goal is tithing. We should never make our pastor or the church look like we look where we're not meeting the needs of the house. Everything we have is in the house. Every single thing we have. This is a great congregation of people. It is a marvelous congregation. We open up our homes, we bring our foods, we minister to each other, whatever the need is, we show up. But we need to go a, push a little past where we are and just be a people that know how to come together and just, you know, be a 100% church that ties and make sure the needs of the house are met. That is the most important need we have right now. We should never be a church that, and I, and I actually understand what Pastor says, we're, we can't go anywhere, we can't do anything if we're not ready and we're not prepared. Because we need to be a, a people that are prepared to move out into the community. God is a God of excellence, and he is a progressing God. Amen. And even though this is not necessarily a step backwards to come into a school, but it's, it's a step to regroup. And we're going to regroup Amen. as a body of Amen. Christ. Amen. And we're going to come out strong. We're going to we're going to come up with the money that we need. We're going to be faithful. We are going to be faithful tithers this year. We're going to meet the needs of the house. And it is time for our pastor to get to the point where he's drawing a salary. This is work. All of us crazy people calling him all times a day without issues. I know I call him. I mean, there's three of us in my house. I mean, seriously. I mean, let's just be truthful about this. And he needs to get paid. It's not, this is not a free work. This is a work that costs. And so we need to be a people this year that are faithful. And like Pastor said, I'm behind him 100%. We're not taking a step backwards. We are regrouping as a body of Christ. And we're going to come together and we're going to make this thing work. And we will be a church that is a tithing church this year because nobody the bible says do not let your good be evil spoken of and nobody's going to speak evil of us that we couldn't pay our bills we couldn't meet our needs the devil is a liar the devil is a liar so we're going to come together whatever we have to do you know I, hey i'm all for a cornbread pudding meat fundraiser whatever we need to do we need to do it but our main goal our money and our source is going to come from we're going to be tithers and whatever else do we need to do we talk with pastor whatever whatever but we're going to be a church that knows how to meet the needs of the house amen, amen. let's amen. all heads about we just come before you right now. And Lord, we just thank you, God, that, Lord, I thank you this morning, God. I was blessed that every one of us showed up this morning, Father. God, we all came together. And Father, this is the first sign that, Father, you are regrouping us. Father, you have brought all of us together today, Father. We're not missing one person. God, we just thank you this morning, God, that as we come together, we begin to unite our hearts and our souls, and we just become together on one accord. Father, we're coming together this morning, God, to stand behind this ministry, to take a stand for the kingdom of God, God, to be kingdom builders. Father, you've not only called us to be Christians and walk out of daily life, but Father, you've called us to be kingdom builders. And this morning, we're going to be kingdom builders, and we're going to be about doing your work. Father, there are many members here, and Father, each one of us has a part to do. And we thank you, Father that we're going to grab hold to the thing that you cause us to do right here in this kingdom. Father, we thank you for those that are anointed, Father, in music, those that are anointed in administration, Father, those that are anointed in, in building and teaching this morning, Father. We thank you that the gifts are in the house, Father. And God, as we come together, Father God, you're going to strengthen our gifts. You're going to call us out, Father God. You're going to prepare us. You're going to teach us. You're going to raise us up as a body of Christ. And God, that we're going to be marvelous. We're going to be excellent for the kingdom of God. 
God. Father, this morning, I thank you if those that are here today that are not saved, that do not know you and wish to call you as their Lord and Savior, we ask for them, God, that they be saved this morning. If there's anyone here this morning that needs healing for their body, they're sick, if there's any need that needs to be met this morning, Father, we thank you for those that have needs, Father, that there is help in the house today, Father. We ask that if any of those things that are called out, and if you need help, raise your hand and the ministers are here to pray for you. But Father, we just thank you today, Lord God, as we leave this place today, God, that your anointing, your glory abides today, Father. We thank you that we're all going out of here today as one, Father. We're not separated in our calling, Father, but God, we've come together as one today. And Father, we just thank you this morning. We thank you this morning, God. We thank you and we give you glory. We give you praise this morning for what you're going to do. Father, we go out of here with excitement this morning. We go out of here with a yes this morning, Father. And God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.